Welcome to the Nightcast. This is a time we'll go a couple of layers deeper on things that happen here at Province Academy, why we do what we do, uh, and how we do what we do. So today we're going to be talking about field trips, experiential learning, uh, kind of that hands-on aspect of education. And I've got two professional educators with me. I have got Mr. Peters and Mrs. Anderson uh, with us today. Uh, so I'll let you guys just take a moment. Just tell me what's your what's your role at the school. We'll start with you, Mr. Peters. Uh, Mr. Peters, I'm uh, the head of the math department. I've been teaching at Providence for, this is my eighth year now, which is kind of weird to think about. Mm. Um, I teach geometry, honors pre-calculus, and calculus at the moment, but I've taught everything from eighth grade to senior level. Basically, every upper class math class, I've been in there. Nice. Nice. Mrs. Anderson? So this is my 11th year at Providence, and I have taught a range of different social studies courses to high schoolers. Uh, and now I am the curriculum coordinator, and I'm currently teaching AP U.S. History and honors U.S. government and economics right now. Fantastic. We got some diversity in our subjects mm-hmm. here. Uh, so let's talk field trips, experiential learning. Uh, Providence puts a little bit more emphasis on that than you're going to find in your typical school. So from a curricular standpoint, Mrs. Anderson, give us a little bit of insight on kind of how, how do we go about doing that and why did we make that choice or decision? Yeah, for a long time, Providence has tried to tailor our field trips to what we're trying to accomplish in our curriculum. So it's very much tied to what they're learning in the classroom and not just a trip for the sake of a trip. And we do field trips from kindergarten all the way up to 12th grade and high school. Um, Those trips are tied to something we would like the students to learn. Mm. Yeah, that's, uh, I've got, my son is in second grade, my daughter is in fourth grade. And it feels like every, every month or so, I've got someone going on a field trip. I think tomorrow my son goes to see the Nutcracker mm-hmm. uh, Ballet. And, uh, you know, there's things that they're learning. There's things that they're doing that tie in directly uh, with that piece. They, they were studying uh, geology, and they went to Bristol Caverns, which is a class. If you grow up in Johnson City or Bristol, you've been to Bristol Caverns as a field trip uh, as a young person, but those things are tied into those uh, curricular objectives, which is great. Um, another big piece of field trips and why I think they're important um, and what I've seen their value and why I think that we put so much of our value is it, the, it's best summed up, and there was a research study, and uh, it took place in New York City and a group of research uh, education PhDs went into a school in inner city, New York, and they taught a lesson and they taught it on the Indians uh, or native Americans and how they lived on the plains and how they hunted Buffalo on the plains. And they showed pictures of buffaloes and teepees and the whole deal. And they taught this Mm. lesson. And then they were like, okay, at the end, that kind of the summative assessment is they said, all right, kids, draw us a picture of the Indians and how they lived on the plains. And the majority of the children drew pictures of teepees and buffaloes and Indians or Native Americans running around on the tops of airplanes. They had never, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they had never left their neighborhoods 
Uh, and so huh. they, when you said planes, they're understand, they'd never seen large open spaces, mm. uh, that stretched out mm-hmm. for miles and miles. Uh, they didn't have a reference for that. So when you tried to say like, draw the Indians on the planes, they're like, yeah, I know about planes. I guess, I guess the Indians are running around <laughs> on top of there. Right. And so that's goes to show that we our knowledge base and our vocab and how all that gets put together happens outside of the classroom mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And so that's a really, uh, it's a telling piece of how important these experiences are. Uh, I see that, I see that time and time again, but they don't have to happen necessarily. Let's all get in a bus and drive somewhere. Sometimes mm-hmm. it can happen on campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mr. Peters, tell us a little bit of what is that, what does that look like? Or So yeah, experiential learning um, is really just a way for students to learn through action, right? Getting their hands, you know, on the material, um, whether that be group work. Um, it's just a way to take it out of the, the classic, I'm teacher and I lecture, mm. right? Um, and it allows those students the opportunity to take on a little bit of the responsibility of their own education, mm. right? Um, so I can, you know, as a student, if I'm in group work or I have the opportunity to lead, if I am, uh, you know, if I've been presented with, um, you know, slides or pictures or whatever it is that we're talking about, and then, uh, you know, as a group we are discussing, we can maybe come to false conclusions, right? We have the room to make mistakes, mm. learn from consequences together, and then find those successes, right? While being facilitated by that teacher. Sure. So, you know, it's not necessarily student-centric, right? That was something that Mrs. Anderson and I were actually talking about earlier today. Um, but it just gives those students an opportunity to put a little context to what it is that they are learning in the classroom. Yeah. One thing I think is also important is that as teachers, we know that there are three modalities of learning, right? So there is the auditory learning, the visual learning, and then also you have kinesthetic learning. And sometimes students tend to learn better with one of those types of learnings. It's great if you can learn through all three of those, but sometimes students can learn better through one of those modes. And kinesthetic is that hands-on type of activity, doing something. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what these experiences provide is a chance to learn through um, those kinesthetic means. Right. And if we really look at our careers and not that province isn't just career focused uh, and we, but we look at how we live in community how we exist, how we live as free people, uh, it looks a lot more like this experiential learning mm-hmm. than it does do this worksheet. Like I can't think, even though I'm a head of a school, I haven't seen a worksheet since I was in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that experiential learning, those group projects, those things that we work on together, they they look and feel a lot more like what life is going to look like as a free person after your formal education and instruction has ended. Um, And so I think that that prepares them hopefully to be lifelong learners. Right. And I think you can even kind of build off that and say, you know, we're hoping that our students don't go on to be cogs in the societal machine, right? Sure. What we want is them to be active members 
who are able to go into that with these experiential understanding and learning that has been Christian based, right? Right. Um, so they go out as Christian leaders and with an understanding of, you know, how the Lord is integral to all that they learned in school. And then through that experiential learning, wait, he's also integral to all the stuff outside of school that I've gone and seen and mm. how this is all connected. Right. Yeah. Kids will, that temptation to compartmentalize right. our faith and our school life and our academic world. And we even find it in, it's a, it's a challenge between like math and science. Mm-hmm. I remember I used to teach science at Providence Academy and Mrs. Gill, the math teacher, middle school math teacher and I would switch places when we were talking about graphs. And so to make these students make the connections that graphing in science and graphing in math, they're the same thing. And to flip those teachers uh, and to, to make us both in the, both of those places, help mm. them make that connection because I would know that they would know how to make a pie chart. Right. And then I'd be like, make a pie chart in science. And they'd be like, What? Uh, that's a math thing. That's a math thing. Yeah. We don't same do that thing in, in economics, by mm-hmm. the way. Yeah, same thing in <laughs> economics. Yeah. Um, and so that experiential learning pieces kind of pull them and help them draw those things together. And then hopefully also with their faith as well as saying like this interacts with the outside world. Uh, and that is so that's so critical uh, as as an education uh, designed uh, for free people uh, to live in the freedom of Christ. I think that that's critical. For sure. Can I go back to something you said earlier? Yeah. I really liked what you said about these experiences help us with misconceptions, because that's something I have learned watching students go on field trips a lot, is that they don't even realize what misconceptions they had until those change. And they Mm -hmm. realize by going to these places that what was in their head, what they thought was not completely accurate. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's not as drastic as say planes that fly and planes Mm -hmm. out in the Midwest, but like, what is a city? What do, how do people Mm -hmm. live in a city? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Or, um, what was this battlefield like how they had constructed in their head may not be the same. Mm Or something like that. So it is, um, I think, a really important aspect of field trips is it helps students clear up misconceptions they didn't even know that they had. Yeah, it puts things in context. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There's an element that building of vocab and that building mm-hmm. of understanding in the world around us, it also plays well uh, when looking at some standardized test pieces. Mm-hmm. Not that that's the end goal uh, by any means, but you'll find that er- there's a huge difference, the learning gaps uh, between socioeconomic groups. Uh, And this is controversial research, but it just is. Um, And that during the summer, if you are in a home that you don't get outside the home. So during the summer, you sit in front of a TV uh, and that's that's your only interaction with the outside world during the summer. Your reading comprehension and your learning loss is the technical education term. It's stark over Mm. the summer. If you are a child that goes to on vacation, sleepaway camp, goes to the local park or the local library and gets (laughs) extra things and, and you get experiences, even though you're not doing schoolwork, your greatest gains happen over the summer. So it's stark. It's greater than your gains during the school year 
because you're adding those vocabulary pieces, mm. you're adding those experiences to chunk in with what you've been building, the scaffolding that you've been building throughout the school year. And so that happens each summer. And I used to teach in a, a Title I school, and the, the gaps get bigger as the kids get older, and it's not because intelligence is equally spread across socioeconomic groups. Uh, that's not something that God was like, we're just going to give this to people of wealth. It's evenly distributed. It's those experiences hmm. are what really cause the greatest change and the greatest change over time. Uh, so when we take time as a school to say, hey, we're going to do this field trip because we think it's important is because it really is. It's mm. your greatest gains, even though you can't standardize test it in the moment. Uh, the long term payoff for those things is huge. Like, how are you going to understand a reading passage about the sea and a seaside? If, if you've you, never been. If yeah. you've never smelt the air and the salt, and the fishy smell, and heard the seagulls, and all that is, if you've experienced that, and then you read a passage, the passage comes to life. The novel comes to mm. life. Those things are built around you. And so that's why I think that having an experiential learning program at Providence Academy is so, is so critical and so important, uh, and why we are like, hey, it costs a little bit more. And it takes some time out of our regular curriculum sequence, but the value is there and it's huge. I think um, I definitely agree. That's one of the reasons why field trips are so important to me is because it makes what students are studying real. It makes it come to life. It makes them realize that these were real people in real places and real things that happened, not just a story you had to learn about when you were in the classroom. Or uh, you can take another subject, say, when you're looking at a painting. Um, it's one thing to learn about it in art class and to look at it in even a really good picture, even really good photograph. But it's not the same as standing in front of it right. and seeing the scale of the picture. Mm. And you might have even been able to see those brush strokes in a picture. But when you see it all together, there's something very different about being there mm. and being able to take it all in in person. Same thing for music too. I think that's why that, that season of online learning, and we thought that it might be the future of education before we experienced it. And then when we saw it for real, it falls so short of what education really looks like living in community. Mm -hmm. I think that there's mm -hmm. that same amount of gap between experiential learning and classroom learning mm -hmm. uh, as there is between online learning and in-classroom learning. And so I think that that's a huge wake-up call for us as educators, parents, uh, and living in community in that and saying, like, hey, we need to get experiences to mm -hmm. these children. That's another thing that's built on field trips, too, is community. Mm -hmm. And uh, not just with students, because you expect, like, students will bond a lot on trips, especially overnight trips. But parents actually do, too. They, right. When they go on these trips, they get to spend time talking to other parents, talking to the teachers. We get to know each other better, and it builds a stronger community that after those trips, they look back years later and think, oh, remember that time that yeah. we went and did this, and and this really ridiculous thing happened, and it was awful at the time, but now, look, it's this memory that we have together, um, and wasn't that a great trip? And, and so those happen a lot with parents when I talk to them years later. That's what they bring up. They bring up the trip. Well, it also allows the parents to see their kids... <laughs> 
mm. how they are at school and, you know, with their <laughs> peers. And, you know, because yeah. a lot of the times you, you have kids who, you know, they act totally different at school <laughs> yeah. than they do at home. And, you know, not that that's the major part of it, but sure. it's just another plus. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, kind of going back to your whole concept of, you know, this isn't something that you can test, right? Right. Right. You, we There's no way to really do it. Um, and we're seeing that, you know, again, another thing that we were talking about earlier today, um, how a lot of public schools and just maybe not even just public schools, but other schools in general haven't really gotten back into field trips again. Right. You know, COVID shut all that down. Um, and field trips are a lot of work. Uh, so you get out of the habit of doing it. And then you think, man, I could just have a couple of extra days in the classroom kind of doing doing my thing. I could pull up some slides or whatnot. I really don't want to have to go through this again. But right. Providence is still committed to that. Right. And, and we're still putting them together and getting those kids out there. Um, and yes, it's not something that you can standardize, but it's not about the product of the learning, right? It's about the process. Mm. Um, and I think that's just something key that, we kind of still hold on to it, Providence. Yeah, as a classical school, that's a big part of who we are. And we actually kind of doubled down on that. Uh, we're launching a new program. Uh, officially, uh, we'll be in it uh, here in a couple of weeks, we're calling it Winterum. Uh, it was going to be in October, and I was really excited because we're going to call it Oktoberfest. But uh, we had to. I don't we, know if that would have flown with everyone. It, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't mix well yeah. with the younger <laughs> audience. That's some connotations. Yeah. Um. But we were excited about uh, going and doing these field trips. Uh, but that's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Not every. It's a financial burden. Uh, and so what we did is we took the the high school. And we said, okay, we're we're going to offer a few different trips. We're going to have a trip that focuses a little bit more on the arts. Uh, and it's going to be a little in New York, but it's going to have some history aspects too. We're going to have a trip that really hones in on history. It's going to go to Charleston. We're going to have a service trip that really looks at missions and they're going to be going to Chicago and doing missions there. And we're going to have more of a science-based adventure trip. Uh, so I'll be on that one suffering in the keys, mm-hmm. uh, as we, uh, as we spend time in, in God's creation and kind of looking at that from a scientific standpoint, um, uh, but outside of that, so if you choose one of those trips, we're all going to go at the same time. Uh, but if that's not a good fit for you in the moment, we also have some great intensives happening at the school. So I know you're leading one of those, Mr. Peters. Tell us a little bit about your intensives. Yes, me and Dr. Machete are going to be uh, leading a group of 12 or 13, I think, young souls on a couple of hiking trips. Um, you know, Dr. Machete is just uh, a genius when it comes to anything science related. Right. Um, so he's absolutely thrilled to be going with these uh, students and I'm, and I love the outdoors. Uh, I was on a rock climbing team in high school, did a lot of hiking, camping and stuff. So we're just going to get out there, um, you know, introduce these students to some things that they probably haven't seen before, you know, right. how do you stay warm? Uh, right. you know, if it came to an emergency situation, what sort of thing could you eat? Right. Um, you know, so just if you get lost, how can you be found? Yeah. Uh, so it's just going to be a good time. Yeah. And the, you, and when you hear that on its face, you're like, okay, that sounds fun. They're going to get out there. But like, then you go back and you read Jack London's To Start a Fire. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's a different story once mm-hmm. you've had that mm-hmm. experience. That is a different level of understanding uh, once you've had that experience. 
so that's going to pay off. It's going to have huge dividends uh, long-term for them educationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, it might spark an interest uh, or a desire for God's creation in them, and they may pursue that leisurely uh, or in another capacity afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, another big piece is that we have some internships that are available. Uh, so we have some doctors, some engineers, uh, some professionals uh, that are volunteering their time. And these students have signed up to shadow uh, these professionals in their careers for the week. So they're going to get an inside look into what that looks like. Because mm-hmm. you may think you want to be a surgeon, but then you see real blood for the first time, and you're like, nope. I just saved you $350 bajillion on yep. med school. Uh, so those types of things, those experiences could change your course or direction, but it could be confirming to you. You could sit in on that and be like, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. That's what God's called me to in my life. And because of that experience, you get to have that opportunity for confirmation of calling, mm-hmm. uh, which is such a huge opportunity. Uh, now, we lose a week of instruction right after Christmas break. And there is that. There is a cost uh, that happens there. But I think that our long-term gains uh, from those types of activities, I think are huge and are going to pay dividends for our families and for our students uh, in the long term. So I'm excited to see how that that program plays out. Yeah, this isn't um, winterim, but I do try and take my senior government class to see um, federal court every year. And we have had students that decided that they felt like law was where they wanted to go after that. And that's not the purpose of that trip. The purpose is to see how justice works in our court system. But that was just a nice byproduct that they were able to see. Yeah, I think I do want to go into law. Mm. That's also a great trip for helping reveal misconceptions that they had because it doesn't look like TV. So, um, yeah, that does happen for sure. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of little day trips that are, you're right outside of winter Mm -hmm. that we're just going to hop over somewhere, see something, uh, experience something. The middle school, they go, uh, to the ark, uh, and the creation museum and which is an incredible trip. And they also go to the aquarium. They go Mm -hmm. to Williamsburg, uh, I've been on that trip five times with eighth graders. It's a trip, y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's an experience within itself. But you get a whole nother level of appreciation for Thomas Jefferson when you go spend some time in his house and see how kind of brilliant, kooky he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some real advantages uh, that come from that. Uh, so I remember going on the Williamsburg trip. I know I didn't go to Providence, but I remember going on one. Right. Uh, I think it was eighth grade um, in my little classical Christian school that I went to as well. And I still have memories from that that were mm-hmm. just awesome. And like you said, going in and seeing those houses and, you know, kind of seeing these fields and how people used to live. Yeah, it's one of those experiential learning trips that just kind of sticks with you, puts everything into context. Yeah, I remember my senior trip too. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went to, uh, two actually, we went to Europe and then also to New York City. But I remember being in the Coliseum for the first time and how amazing that was to think the events that had happened there. And I think one thing field trips do for students is it also helps inspire not just curiosity, but also wonder mm. and amazement at the things that are out there. 
And it's really exciting too. It gets people excited about these topics and about learning. And it, it is interesting. You can remember back all the way to those to those field trips. I also remember with 9-11 um, very distinctly, um, when we went to New York City, everything was still ground zero. And so that, that image is still in my head, mm. and I'm excited to take students to New York City just in a couple of weeks where now there is a museum and a memorial for them to see, and they weren't alive when those events happened. So I think mm. it's really important for them to get to see these things and to be able to make these connections and to think, oh, this is what this means. This is what my parents are talking about when they tell me these stories of what they've lived through. And uh, it's always a, a moving moment on our New York City trip. Yeah, that love of learning should be a hallmark of any classical Christian mm -hmm. school. And there are very few things that bring forward a love of learning like a field trip, for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time. Uh, we covered some pretty cool stuff here. Talked a little bit about field trips, experiential learning. Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to these trips here, here in a few weeks. And it should be quite the time. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah thank you.